Hey there, listeners. Welcome back to Podcast Demastered. I'm Wade, and I am here with Chelsea as always, and today we're doing kind of a special episode. Chelsea and I have talked about doing this episode for what seems like forever, Mm -hmm. but it's a pretty appropriate time to do that. So the topic of our episode today is a, a pop artist who is Hikaru Utada. An icon, a legend. An absolute icon. Now, yes. Chelsea Chelsea and I have listened to Hikaru for years. Is that yes. safe to say? Years yes. and years. years. Yes, mm-hmm. it, Forever. Absolutely for forever. And yes, we are also huge Kingdom Hearts fans. Um, so that's kind of, I think, where our love for Hikaru started. Is that safe to assume? Yes, for sure. Um, which, you know, for people in America, I think that's very common. I think it's uh, to have a different starting point with Hikaru mm-hmm. is more uncommon. But I think regardless of how you get to know her, found her music, I think that's totally fine. But Kingdom Hearts is probably the most the most common uh, medium that you had her in your life. Because that was way back in, what, 2002? 2001, yeah. 2002? When the first Kingdom Hearts game came out mm-hmm. and graced us with <laughs> that amazing opening that even today song. is talked about. Oh, it's yes. a, a gateway song is a great way to put it. Because you get the opening, you get this crazy anime-ish uh, techno beat opening with simple mm-hmm. and clean remix. But if you get through the game and you beat it, now you have the original version of the song just ready to melt your heart especially with the emotional ending of the first Kingdom Hearts game. Um, And I see all the time, like on social media and TikTok and everywhere else, people still reacting to these two versions of Simple and Clean. Like, it's crazy. Um, Even like kids today, they're like, hey, have you heard the song? And I'm just like crying inside. I'm like, I love you so much. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yes, I have. Come here. (laughs) Yes. Now you know the power of music. The power Yes, and and so there's a lot to talk about as far as like Utada and Kingdom Hearts, but I think we've done that episode before. <laughs> yeah, that basically oh, oh, took over. Yeah, yes, that basically kind of took over yeah. that episode. Um, so we're not going to talk about that as much today. Today we're focusing just on Hikaru as a person and as an artist. I think a lot of the music that both Chelsea and I listen to is is pretty much Hikaru. Like for me, it's definitely a daily basis. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's I don't is it a daily basis for you too Chelsea or is it just like when you're listening to music it's probably Hikaru It's when I'm listening to music I wouldn't say it's a daily basis but yes yeah. it's quite often for sure it's definitely yeah. my go to it's I mean Hikaru's music has a little bit of everything if you want something chill if you want something to pump you up in a way it's just... Oh yeah there's there's a lot of emotion Mm-hmm. in Hikaru's music and it's you know in a, a lot of it a lot of that emotion is like I've always said her music is very melancholic. Mm. Even even when you have an upbeat song, a, a very happy song, it's there's something about the music that just it's still slightly sad or maybe slightly lonely or maybe you know there's always mm. there's mm-hmm. always two sides to her music, I feel. And her sad songs are like are absolutely sad songs, you know. Yeah. Um, but even her sad songs, though, they, they always have a tint of happiness to it, like of understanding and acceptance and mm, and mm. things like that. And I picked up on that in her music way back as a young teenager. 
Uh, and I think that's something that even outside of like at the time, the, the Kingdom Hearts connection, that was what continued me to like look into her music as a whole, mm-hmm. pay attention to new releases, things like that. Um, I just could not, I couldn't look away, I guess. Yeah. That music kept my attention like throughout my formative years, like with an iron grasp. It was crazy. Yeah. No, I and I, I, I think it's so hard, like reflecting on that too and thinking like, yeah, like it, basically Kingdom Hearts started it all. But I'm like, I just don't even know like what initially like got to me where I just like it all clicked for me. But it was more just like, this is a cool song. Like, who is this? And being like, oh, this is actually an artist who has a bunch of other music. And I'm like, I don't know. And I think it's interesting too, because like most of the music I've listened to is like, I mean, which majority is like Japanese, like it's all in Japanese. Like I am not fluent in Japanese whatsoever, but it's (laughs) just, yeah, but it's just amazing. Like, which I think a lot of people, especially now, like people, a lot of many people are into K-pop and stuff. And I feel like music transcends language. Like you can still get Mm -hmm. all those feelings, all those emotions and everything and an understanding of it all without truly understanding every single little word and like growing up like when when we were teenagers that Mm -hmm. you know their anime and japanese culture and stuff like that it was so less prevalent it was there it was a niche it was Mm -hmm. i wouldn't say as strong as being like a counterculture or anything at the time but it was there but it was very quiet like to talk about the anime that you liked was not uh that was not the vibe you were labeled a particular way. Oh, yes. You, you were labeled a very particular way. And and even more so, like, with this kind of music. Because people would mm-hmm. be like, why are you listening to that? Like, yeah. you can't even understand what she's saying. Now, thankfully, I had some very um, patient friends, I'd say. Some very understanding mm-hmm. ones. So if I was ever like, oh, you have to listen to this, they would always, like, humor me. You know, they'd always listen yeah. um, and have some kind of conversation with me after. I could never get them to like fully sit down and like listen with me, you know, mm. but they're always good friends and being like, okay, I'll listen to it. Like, oh, I love the beat. Oh, I love, you know, these kinds of things like, oh, good. And then I go back. It's very like on my own kind of music. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, she's always been that artist for me. Like, I don't need other people's opinions on her. I don't need to know how other people feel to validate how I'm feeling. Um, in fact, like way back in like 2000, like nine when she released her second English album. Mm, mm-hmm. So she became slightly more prevalent in America. And some of my friends, like, because I was playing the English music, I was like, yeah, I can, I feel more comfortable playing this <laughs> out loud, like in my car and stuff like that. I'd have friends who'd be like, oh, I love this song. Like, oh my gosh. And it was kind of turning into one of those things where like, like, this is my music. Back off. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't, I'm not ready to share this. Go away. <laughs> Yeah, I I grew out of that once I got to college. But (laughs) thinking back about that, I'm like, oh, that's embarrassing. (laughs) No, that's funny. But yeah, talking about like sharing her music with people and stuff, that is an interesting topic because I feel like, yeah, I normally just like listen to music in general. Yeah, by myself, like with headphones on or whatever. And just but I remember in high school a little bit with a couple of my friends, I was like, you have to listen to this and stuff. And like, they were receptive to it. They thought it like her music was really great and everything. But I don't think they like would ever go out of their way to be like, oh, let me go like look up one of her songs, listen to everything. But like, they at least enjoyed it. I think I did listen to some of it with my sisters and stuff like they enjoyed it. But one of the boldest things I felt like I did was at my 16th birthday, I made a playlist. And so I included (laughs) some of her music on the playlist at my birthday party. (laughs) 
very people nice. had fun with it they were a little confused at first but you know for sure for sure i'm just like just roll with it like if you know who i am just like just just accept <laughs> my music me. choices this is you me. know well and you know like similarly but very very recently you know like um i got married and stuff uh you were there you know this and yes. um our first dance was the kingdom hearts three song mm-hmm. uh and the the second one not the not the dancey one like the sad one <laughs> um because it's a pretty like it's an appropriate wedding song um we chose not to use the english version of the song because it felt it felt too sad it felt too like and it yeah. just wasn't as appropriate but the lyrics to this to the japanese version they were very like this is a wedding this is about love this is about promises this is about you know is a very positive song um and we went with that as our first dance song and you know in in the program i i put in the lyrics the translated lyrics so people could be like oh look but all of my friends that were there were just like yep that's wade that's that's this is very much his his thing yeah well and it's just so perfect too because like her as an artist and stuff like that music being so personal to you but it was also just like it yeah it makes sense it was perfect and it's also i think it's just such a great song that was just like it was very exciting <laughs> when you told me you were gonna use that oh song yes i knew you would just, appreciate that yes yeah. <laughs> well and i think it's really cool too because i i was also really excited when you're like yeah i'm gonna print the lyrics and everything i'm like that's perfect because it allows people to connect better with the music if they don't since they don't understand but also it's so interesting too how different the lyrics are and like how like yeah i feel like the english version i agree is like depressing <laughs> It's very like it's just, we're in a relationship, but like if you're having second thoughts, don't tell me. I don't want to know about it. It's very like, oh my god. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like yeah. <laughs> Congratulations getting married. Let's use these lyrics. No. Oh yeah. But the Japanese is like completely different. It's like yeah. fully invested, fully like which that's the yeah. thing with her music. On the rare occasions she does separate Japanese and English tracks, they are not translations of one another. Mm-hmm. Lyrically, like melodically, they're going to be almost the same piece of music. But like lyrically, they are not. Like Simple and Clean and Hikari, not the same. Not the same song at all. Sanctuary and Passion, absolutely not. Like not not two sides of the same coin, just like they're not they're not here for the same thing. Which is just absolutely incredible in so many ways about how you can take a song and then just like it's different in different languages like completely mm-hmm. like the meaning and stuff like that like that's pure talent obviously like that's incredible well, just yeah she she's gone on record several times because people have asked about her like songwriting process and um especially like the kingdom heart stuff right that gets that stuff gets brought up a lot with her um mm-hmm. and she's gone on record before saying like well she actually she does not like writing songs that that need two separate like versions Mm -hmm. like two professionally done versions um because when she creates a melody regardless of what if she's writing it first in japanese or she's writing it first in english she's writing that melody to go with those lyrics to tell that story particular thing particular Mm -hmm. thing but when she has to go in like well here's here's this melody that's already been set aside and now i have to like Am I supposed to tell the same story? Am I supposed to like make mm. it the same thing in a different language? She has gone on to say that she does not like doing that because she feels it messes with her like integrity as an artist. Now, she's also said that like she understands that people want 
like to take some of her old older like Japanese hits, people want mm-hmm. her to make English versions of those. So basically doing like a cover album of herself. Okay. And she's gone on to say that maybe someday she'll do that. Maybe someday, like way down the road, she'll revisit those songs in that manner. But she's not like, it's not something she wants to do or feels that she needs to do yeah. right now. Yeah. No, that's so, so interesting. Because I was like thinking about that more while you were t- saying that. But like, yeah, I don't need like solely like all English songs or anything like that. Like... Because I've just accepted the songs for what they are. Like, I definitely oh, yeah, love, like, for sure. translations of them all. Like, oh, yeah. And, you know, Which she's, like, look she's up been all so those. much yeah. better. She's been so much better with that, like, since she came back from her hiatus. Um, mm-hmm. Like, translating the Japanese lyrics herself. Or even the few yeah. English songs she's done since then. Like, she's translated those into Japanese as well for her Japanese mm-hmm. audience. So that, like, and she does that for both groups now because she doesn't want um like she's happy when people go and do it themselves you know for other Mm, people mm -hmm. but she just wants to make sure that like things are not like misconstrued Mm, you know mm -hmm. um but she's been a lot better about doing that the last gosh seven years six eight years i think that just sounds like such a long time now oh my gosh i know since (laughs) since since her second era started (laughs) oh man but yeah, that's also, it's so interesting because, like, with the Kingdom Hearts songs, how there are, like, I feel like those are mainly the ones that people most will see that, the Japanese and the English version. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, yeah, sometimes it's just, like, I would just be happy with one option, like, you know, but I, I don't need both, but both is great. Up, so, you know, mm-hmm. that's cool. For sure. But, yeah, no, I mean, like I said, like, I, I probably, I still don't probably know what half the songs or all the words are and, like most of her music but i just enjoy it for what it is but for what it is yeah yeah i just went yeah if i want i'll just read a translation like i'm cool with that but i don't need that to be like all of a sudden like an english version no yeah i know there's so many people on youtube who have taken japanese songs and uh done like tried to do like a direct translation into singing Mm. an english version and um those are those are very hit hit or miss sometimes Mm -hmm. the lyrics work out pretty well and sometimes they don't like i'm not here to bash because i have tried that in the past too i had a whole Mm. notebook like on you know between two pages one side would be i would go to whatever site online and i would copy out a whole song's Mm -hmm. lyrics and then on the other side i could just kind of like rework them into english lyrics that would fit properly Mm. fit the song um that's hard it's not easy um Mm. You know, it's kind of like writing, like rewriting poetry <laughs> in a way. <laughs> yeah, um, that makes sense. Which I think that's kind of what she talks about when we talk about integrity of the music. Like, mm-hmm. we're, we're not here to reshape. We're here to just enjoy the way it is. Yeah. I mean, talking about just like when you're saying like her second era being like, what, seven, eight years like so far. I'm like, yeah, yeah no. That's crazy. Her music it? is like what we have grown up with. I feel like it's yeah. just like it's our lifetime follow. <laughs> It it really so. is, and I'll, I'll always be there, you know, because she. Okay, so man, should should we talk about like should we talk about her her bio stuff real quick, maybe? Yeah, I think that so. Might, I think some be, some, some listeners okay. might want some little bit. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So if you don't know who Hikaru Utada is, here I'm going to try to do a really quick recap of kind of like her her life and phases mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So she was born in good lord eighty three. I think that's right. She's 41 this year. So 83, I think, is correct. She grew up between 
um, between New York and Tokyo. Her parents mm-hmm. were very successful. Um, well, her mom was a very successful music artist in Japan. Her dad mm-hmm. was a very successful uh, producer, manager and producer. So they spent, they lived in New York, but they spent a lot of time back and forth and that they had to take Hikaru with them as well. So she spent lots of time in studios, doing homework, napping, things like that, <laughs> um, working with her parents. But uh, she did get a love of music from her parents. In fact, at the age of like 13, 12, 13, um, she recorded her first material with her mom, mm-hmm. produced by her dad, which is is cute. It's nothing like crazy major. It's just kind of a cute project, f- family project they worked on, I think. Mm-hmm. But at the age of 15, she really she did start to write her own like major album, which was released in 1999, 2000, 1999. And that album has gone on to become like Japan's best selling album of all time, which is crazy because she was, you know, 15, 16 years old. And she has continued to stay to stay up in in that echelon, mm-hmm. however you want to say that of uh japanese artists ever since however she she's not a product of the japanese music market she's a product of the american the western music market Mm -hmm. which is vastly different than like most music markets um in fact she's responsible for bringing like lots of like r&b like that kind of culture over into that market where it didn't really exist before which i'm sure has a lot to do with how well everything sold but it mm-hmm. it did like change change Japanese music as well. Um, lots of things stayed the same, but the, it 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 really brought Western influence pretty heavily over um, into that area. But from then on, you know, from First Love, her first album, we went from First Love to Distance, which I think is like the second like highest album somewhere up. It's very very high up there too. And then from there, we go into Deep River. Um, and these were all like about two years apart, maybe they were a pretty, they were pretty yeah. close. Actually, I think that's right. Cause distance was 2001 deep river, deep river was 2003, 2004. She writes her first English album called Exodus, mm-hmm. um, which was definitely something. Um, I, I bought that album or it was bought for me as a gift. Um, mm-hmm. cause that came out. Oh, it was kind of, it was just a little bit after like she really cemented herself to me as an artist, but I didn't know it was coming out. I had no idea. Yeah. And then my friend was just like, "Here you go," and I was just like, "What?" Like I died. Wow. Um, thank you. So yeah, we had amazing. that, and then shortly after that, 2006. Yeah, I think it's 2006. Came Ultra Blue, mm-hmm. which was the first album CD album that I was bought. It was it was that year. My parents imported it from me as a Christmas present. I got brand new headphones on top of it. And that's oh, all God. I did. I remember like leaving Christmas, like going to my grandma's house that day mm-hmm. with my little portable CD player with, with ultra blue in it, headphones on. And I think that's all I did all day was just listen to that album from start to finish, start to finish. Like I brought the, I brought Amazing. the album case with me so I could like look through the pictures and stuff. Also, I love that photo shoot. Like, if you've never seen it before, that's the, like you know she's got like the red, like, oh, um, like I don't, I don't know, call it a dress because it's not. It's like <laughs> it's cool. Whatever it's super cool. It is. But, yeah, like, every page has a different color. Like she's 
Like the out the it starts with red, but then she's got a green one and a blue one and a purple one and orange and yellow. Like she goes through the whole spectrum of the rainbow with the with all of these different like they're the same like uh dress thing, but they're all different colors. Hmm. And I love I love that. So then from there, two thousand eight, I think we have Heart Station. We have her fifth yes. album, which had a lot of uh a, pr- a lot of pretty heavy hitters on it. But I remember the internet being like talking at the time, like, oh, she's going downhill. Uh, everything's very pop, very electronic, very this and that. And I was still in love with it. I was like, it's it's great. It's amazing. I love that album. Heart Station. Heart Station. Oh, my God. We'll have to we'll have to jump into that yeah. here in a bit. Um, but from there. So that was that was like my junior year of high school. Senior year, 2009, she releases her second English album called This Is The Mm -hmm. One. Yes. And that was, the first English album was extremely experimental, very like, she was just letting whatever comes out, come out. Mm -hmm. She was, she was learning a lot about music production, writing music. It was, I mean, I can, I can sing you every track on that album, but not every track on that album is like. It was not written for like radio consumption, you know, mm, mm-hmm. is very weird, but a good weird. I loved she, it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but then this is the one was very different because she took she this was the album where she really put her foot forward on making an impact. I'm going to try to make like a mainstream mm-hmm. pop yeah. R&B album. And I think she was successful. You know, it charted. She was on Good Morning America. She was doing interviews. She was around. I remember mm-hmm. her sitting at a Sephora store singing Part of Your World from Little Mermaid. Like, you know, that was the place to be. Like, I wish I she because she was in like Chicago and New York, mm-hmm. like doing mm-hmm. press stuff there. Um, I wish I could have been there yeah. to like witness some of those live events. That would have been mm-hmm. so cool. But, you know, in in 2009, the end of 2009, she announces she's going on tour. Her first international tour, not as not as Hikaru Utada, because that was like her Japanese uh, stage name, which mm-hmm. I mean her actual name, but you know, yeah. but as just Utada, which was her like American, it's like share, mm-hmm. you know, it's a monogram, it's just just Utada. Mm-hmm. And this is this is my freshman year of college, and she announces she's doing ten shows across America, Europe, and I I got to go. I went to Chicago. I was front row oh, right there, right there. And I just, I mean, it was absolutely like euphoric. The fact that I was there for the first time in my life, I was there in a huge place surrounded by people who knew her music mm-hmm. and did it. And not just her English music, like, because there was a set of her show where she did some, some Japanese stuff, mm-hmm. but it was just so surreal to be in a place where I was understood. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. No, By that's all of these amazing. people, you know, I was singing, of course, I was singing the songs, especially the Japanese songs, mm-hmm. and everybody surrounding me, they were doing the same thing, which at this at this stage of the tour, she was like, I don't know, six, six uh, performances in, mm-hmm. but she talked a lot about how she was so shocked that out of all of these, all of these um, performances, her Japanese songs were the ones that were saying the loudest. Like people sing along to all the songs, yeah. mm-hmm. but she just, you know, cause she is not, she is not, um, socially like she doesn't get on social media. She doesn't like, 
Mm-hmm. She doesn't pay attention to herself in the media, you know? Yeah. Um, she's not as, like, connected to her fans as a lot of other pop artists are. Because she's very, mm-hmm. like, here's my music. Enjoy. Like, yeah. she doesn't yeah. use her mm-hmm. body to sell her music. She's not physically out there promoting and things like that. It's just her music sells her music. Her artistry sells her music. Um, so seeing all of those American people sing her Japanese songs with her, um, she said was just so like enlightening to her. She just didn't realize that it was such a thing, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that was, I mean, that was, that moment was almost, it was so validating that yeah. I had spent all of this time with her, like in her music. And mm-hmm. then I got, now I got to not share it with other people necessarily, but just be there with everybody else. And I bet they were all having the same experience as I was. You found a community you didn't know you were going to find. Absolutely. Like, it's yeah, like, Absolutely. In person. Yeah. Because, you know, I, know. Went, I went to Chicago by myself. I hopped a train. I stayed there all by myself. I It was literally, yeah. I got there, hotel, house of blues, hotel, train station. Oh like, I was very in and out. Mm-hmm. But no, that's, I, that's so cool. I'm so glad you got to have that experience. I... Hope to still one day see her <laughs> yeah. in concert. Yeah, maybe someday. She's yeah. She she doesn't like tour or perform that often, you know. And no. when she does, it's in Japan, which is yeah. fair. Like you know, that's obvious. You want to make money <laughs> for these <Yeah>. things. <laughs> I wish this could be a huge podcast announcement about you know the podcast is going to Japan. But oh gosh, sorry, it's not right now. <laughs> So maybe well, someday she's supposed to be going on tour soon she Actually, is supposed to be going record, on tour yeah. soon mm-hmm. we'll get there yeah i mean we won't be able to get there not with this one but <laughs> no. maybe someday if she ever announces a tour outside of japan though yeah i think it's safe to say we're there whatever yeah, i don't is. care where it is yeah I, even if it's in europe like i'm there but i don't know i mean yeah. and she lives in she lives in yeah in london so part of me really wants to think that that's not it's not too far you know it's not that difficult it's attainable yes. <laughs> for her to be like i'm gonna just do it she's right there like come on man come on mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway um so to continue she does this it's successful you know all the so- the shows are sold out and this is like mm-hmm. back in the day where you had like to buy tickets of things like this, you have to like be on your phone, your little flip phone. You're so old. I know. <laughs> There's no like, there wasn't websites you buy, like this wasn't yeah. a thing yet. But you know, that happens. And then shortly after she announces she's going on hiatus. She's They're releasing uh, like a, a single collection. Um, She had released one already. So this is like the second one where she was re-releasing all the singles all together with like five new songs. And then after that, there's going to be like a two- a two concert event but after that like she's leaving and it was an indefinite hiatus like she didn't know if she was coming back how long it would be but just being so successful and being having had to grow up in such a circumstance she wanted to be out of it she wanted to be a person because she had tried Mm -hmm. to go to school she went to brown university Mm -hmm. majoring in like some biology thing and she just she because she just wanted to experience life as a normal person um but she had to drop out of that because even at the time when she was just primarily a a japanese artist she was still recognized too much Mm -hmm. to just go to class and come back and live so she she just wanted she wanted to live she had already been married and divorced she wanted a regular relationship she wanted to go make a bank account she wanted to go grocery shopping and just Mm -hmm. not be stared at you know things like that yeah so 
these things happen. She's gone. She says goodbye, literally, with yes. a song called a song called Goodbye Happiness. And that video. And the video, she, in, you know, she directed her own, her first video, her first music video, which is like an old time, I say old time, oh my god, like a uh, YouTube video, mm-hmm. um, structured as like a, a old time YouTube video at the time. Yeah. But the video is full of references to her past mm-hmm. music videos and events that she's done. And that's like, that's a whole thing. But it was so to, cute and fun, it so but so cute. devastating. It, it was. You see all of these. You see all of these um, references, and like in the whole time she's singing the song, like she's looking at you, right? Because yes. she's looking in straight As into the, mm-hmm. the thing. You know. You know what's fun? It was a that's a one take video. Okay, I could see that. It was wow. directed as a one take situation, but it was it was so cute and so meaningful, but. Like I remember, you hit. She hits the high point of the song, and she sits back down, and the music mm-hmm. is just going, just going and going. And she sits down, and she grabs that notepad, mm-hmm. and she starts writing. And like again, the music is at the high point, and you're just like, I know the song's ending. And she pulls yeah. up, she puts up this notepad, and it just says like, I love you across. And she gets up, and she continues doing her like references and dancing mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And you're just like bawling at in your yes. dorm room at your desk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, 100% where I was at. <laughs> like just bawling and the music ends and the video ends. And, and you're just like, this is the last time I'll get yeah. to see. I'll get to see her doing something like this, which mm-hmm. it was for a long time. Yes. You know, well, there was there was a surprise song. Oh, mm. gosh. I don't know. Two years in. Um, cause, oh, Yes. Uh, during her last Japanese album, during Heart Station, she she performed a song called Beautiful World, which mm-hmm. was the theme song for the first of four uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion remake movies. Because she's, she's a huge fan of Evangelion, which I didn't know at the time. And I've loved Evangelion since I was like, I don't know, 12, 13. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, oh, yeah, like... I remember watching this like when it first came out, like on TV, like 96. I was like, excuse me. So she, she, they're like, hey, do you want to do a theme song? And she was like, hell yes, I want to do a theme song. (laughs) And she did it. And it fits that movie so perfectly. But anyway, she had written that song for the first movie. They just, they took the same song for the second movie um, and just remixed it. But then there was a good gap between the second and the third movie. But she came back quietly to release a new theme song for the third movie, which this song was vastly different than the first song. Um, mm-hmm. The first song is very like up tempo. It's got a pretty uh, infectious beat to it. And it's about, you know, like it's about love and it's, you know, it is what it is. Um, mm-hmm. The lyrics, they get to me a lot, but the this third one, the third movie, it's very, I don't know. Sad doesn't quite cover it. Yeah. It's, I think it also just like adds to it because like of her hiatus and then being like, here, we got a little something. It's like it's a tease of something, too, but also just it is, it, you know, yeah. there was no there was no project announced. It no. was just like we know that this third movie's coming. So mm-hmm. that's cool. I wonder if they'll just like take Beautiful World and remix it again. Like that seems like something that would happen. And then we get the first. Well, no, no, no. It was the last trailer, I think. Mm that I don't even remember if the trailer had the song in it, but the trailer was like featuring new music by. Mm-hmm. And it was like, what? And then this, you know, the, the movie came out very fast after that trailer came out. Mm-hmm. 
and like being um being in america like we didn't get to hear this song for like it was it wasn't like right when the movie came out it was like a few days later maybe or something but like people were like oh my god like this song is devastating like this is whoa what is happening um so it came out and i remember sitting there i was you know this is a couple years later i'm like sitting there with my headphones on listening to this song just like bawling Mm. just like the pounding piano but like the quiet uh the rest like the 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 song ends with such crazy devastating piano but it begins so like softly Mm -hmm. and you have this this the story of the song where she's like saying goodbye to somebody it seems like a lover of some kind Mm. you know and but like she will continue on without them but maybe maybe they would see her as she is now and maybe they'd be happy for her and things like that like it was such a thing and then it was quiet again for a while but then the news came in that her mom had committed suicide Mm -hmm. which was was pretty close to like to the song which Mm -hmm. i think i think a lot of people think back and they think that these things happened like her mom died and she wrote the song to like Mm. reflect on that period but it wasn't this song came out like a year before she died but i think it's close enough where people connect those things Mm -hmm. um but so this and this was big for her for hikaru uh it was very i mean life-changing i don't think begins to describe it yeah um she continued to stay quiet for quite a long time outside Mm -hmm. of like the paparazzi trying to capture pictures of her as she was attending the funeral that was just awful um because like in the few pictures they got like she just looks so just yeah i mean yeah it's understandable but yeah yeah. i don't need pictures of that just leave her to grieve yeah yeah but then in 2000 and oh gosh 16 Mm. yes Mm -hmm. 2016 she comes back she announces she had she had gotten remarried she'd had a son Mm -hmm. and she has a new album phantom and i this this album was quite something because like the the couple singles that came out beforehand like really signified a change in her music Mm. in her new skills and her new life experiences she's had but that the day that this album came out was a huge day in my life as well nothing to get into on the podcast but i was i was absolutely devastated like life was going to take a different a different um professional change for me and i remember sitting in my car after this extremely long day these things happened so fast and changed my teacher life as it was for a very long time to come and i'm sitting it's like nine o'clock at night i should have been home hours and hours before but i had to sit through i had to go into all these meetings i would be teaching new classes in these awful circumstances and i'm sitting in my car and my phone gets a notification and it was like hey like this album is ready to download because mm. it wasn't supposed to like be out till tomorrow like the next day mm-hmm. and yeah. but but then i realized oh it must have been this time in japan mm. and so they pushed it out and so i download it sitting in my car like already kind of crying because it had just been it had been so terrible of a day mm-hmm. and then i click yeah. play and then the first the first song michi starts it which in that album that song was like her message to her fans that she's she is grieving she but she's okay she's gonna be fine she's gonna pull through it you know the lyrics talk about it it being a lonely road and her mom reminds her that she's there like with every song and things like that it's a lot and Mm -hmm. in that album that remained my 
my album for quite a while. It hit so hard and it was so tied up in like my own personal situation. Yeah. But I was just so happy to have her back, which seems silly, you know, like she's just a music artist, but she had been so much closer than that. Like Mm -hmm. in just in regards to not the person, but the music for such a long time. And so, and so she, she came back and she's been back ever since she released a couple years later, she released um, album number seven, Hatsukoi, Mm -hmm. which was that's, you know, that's where the third kingdom hearts song is. I mean, I have so much love for that album too. Like Mm -hmm. there's so many tracks on there. I'm just like, absolutely. And then two years ago, question mark, two years ago, she released, releases (laughs) album (laughs) number eight, (laughs) album number eight called bad mode, which was, Mm For all intents and purposes, her first bilingual album mm-hmm. has Japanese and English songs on it. Yeah. And there's so much good in that album. Like, oh, my God. I still listen <laughs> to it, like, all the time. Because there's just there's just so much from her own new life experiences and her own, mm-hmm. her own, um, her new writing styles and techniques that she has now. It's just everything is just so good. And I think that really, like, here we are today. They just announced a new greatest hits album, her first greatest hits album called Science Fiction, which when it comes to naming things for her, whether they're albums or tours or what have you, like there's always a lot to look into. Now I'm not talking like Taylor Swift levels of like, (laughs) (laughs) it's not like that. It's not like that at all. But I'm curious because the last tour she went on was Laughter in the Dark, Mm -hmm. which she, which she got from a book like, you know, it's not anything too crazy deep, but like it always kind of helps tell you like where where her train of thought is, what's she what's she been doing lately, that kind of stuff. So interested to see how this next like like how is this tour going to yes. look? How is what is what is there going to be new stuff on this album? I mean, obviously, I suppose there is going to be because we have two tracks. One we have mm-hmm. Gold, which came back was that last year, I guess. yes i think yes (laughs) and then we have another one coming out just like next month like literally a month from Mm -hmm. today just about yeah but i'm really curious to see what this i know i want more information i know for this yeah (laughs) (laughs) but but anyway we'll see that was a very there's a lot of stuff that i skipped in (laughs) yeah in that kind of quick timeline but i think i got the albums (laughs) i got all the albums (laughs) yes Yeah, no, it's it's a lot there for sure. But I don't know. I mean, do we even talk about our favorites? I mean, we love a lot, but there's uh, yeah, we Chelsea and I've been talking a lot. Like, what do we talk about? Um, favorite mm-hmm. songs, favorite albums. I, that's it's really difficult to pinpoint those things down because tomorrow it could change. Yes. So I think what we should do instead maybe talk about just like memorable albums okay. and songs, things that you yes. might have a particularly strong attachment to mm-hmm. and and just before we get into this if we start talking about favorites and stuff i know that there is a segment of um utada fans online uh <laughs> that become very um i don't know defensive maybe when talking about like oh this song is good this song is not good and ta- trying to be like as objective about it as possible mm-hmm. you know um i don't think like i'm not here to that i can criticize hikaru's music that's that's fine i, I i'm a music teacher it's very built yeah. into me to like analyze these things but it's also important to step back and not look at it from such an objective lens but more of a subjective personal lens mm-hmm. you know because 
everybody has their own experience for when they got a hold of certain music. Like if a brand new Utada fan looked back at like the Distance album right now Mm -hmm. from 2001, their thoughts today would be wildly different, I'm sure, than if they heard that album on the day it came out. Mm -hmm. Because there's there's so much different everything to compare it to than than what we had in 2001. Mm Mm-hmm. So I think us talking about memorable stuff as compared to like favorites, like this is better than this. I think that's that's a whole different conversation. But yeah. yeah. So memorable. Memorable. Then. Yeah. Like what what's important to you? I mean, I, I memorable as in because it's like it's a go to album. It's one I definitely remember like purchasing and just being a big deal being obsessed with would be Heart Station. Oh, yeah. I Yeah, it's all of it it's just it's a vibe for every time there's songs that can just work for any type of mood it just there's such a roller coaster of emotion on that and like i and when this album came out there was so many like there was such there's a lot of people talking um about this album because the tracks were like here and then they're way over here and then like the new stuff was so like what did she just say like crazy can you can you give me <laughs> yes. an I- an idea of some like some major songs for Chelsea on this Heart Station album? <sighs> like all of them? <laughs> I, I mean, I can, I, can, I can narrow them down. I mean, we have everything from what like Fight the Blues, Prisoner of Love. Oh, Prisoner of Love. You know, yeah. that's the only. So Hikari's written lots of music for lots of like J dramas. Mm-hmm. Like her music gets used a lot for that. Not so much for anime. I think there's literally like two anime, maybe. That she's like used songs for, um, and they're more like modern. They they are they just kind of just happened in the last four years or so. But the song "Prisoner of Love" was used for the drama. Was it Last Friends? I think. Yeah, I don't and remember the specific name. I do the, remember this. That's roughly, the only yeah. J drama I've ever seen, and I actually ended up loving it. <laughs> it was <laughs> like the song aside, although the song is all over that thing. It's played like four times an episode. Good lord, like all the dramatic <laughs> moments. Which, there's a lot, because it's a J-drama. Like, it's always playing. Um, but the story was really, really good. Sorry, I interrupted you. Go ahead. No, no, you, no, you're you're good. Yeah, no. Just wouldn't you start with one song and just branch off of it? It's just, there's a lot of love, for sure. I think I think Beautiful World's probably, like, my, my big hit. Because, mm-hmm. again, it has the attachment to Evangelion. The lyrics, they just, they really, they hit me, like, personally really hard. But it's such a groove, too, like... I play it and I can just move to it. It's so good. But I was like I, Flavor of Life. Forgot. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, Flavor of Life was all like all the versions. All the versions. It was like <laughs> yes. what the top selling song of that year? Like that song was huge. I mean, I think it was also in a J drama maybe. But that song was big. There was a ballad version and there was also like a mm-hmm. regular pop version. Yeah. And both the, equally it's wonderful. the same song, yes. but they have completely different feels. Like the yes. ballad version, you just want to sit there and be like hand in the air, like crying, like, oh my God. <laughs> but then like you yes. hear the pop version, you're just like, you're up dancing. Like it's a whole yeah, different. It's a jam. Mm-hmm. It's a whole different thing. I think one of the, especially when it, when that album came out, I think Take Five. Mm. I listened to Take Five so much, so much. And when she sang it, she sang it at the Wildlife concert, um, like the last concert she did before her hiatus. She sang it there mm-hmm. and I about died. Because she picked she her That's songs, yeah, I know, for life. the songs that she picked for that concert, that was not like a, I have to promote this new album. 
that was like mm-hmm. i'm picking the songs i'm doing what i want yeah. i'm singing what i want because it could be the last thing i do and she put that song on there and that song is very depressing it's <laughs> it's very much about suicide Mm. You know, um, and the feelings that co- that she imagines imagines coming with that. It's very ending. It's a f- there's finality in that music, and even the the end of the song like cuts off. Yes, like there's a sudden mm-hmm. there's a sudden stopping, and mm-hmm. straight into the next song you go. But that song it hit me really hard too. It's such a ethereal feel to it. You can really I just think that's get a lost. Really in good that. word to describe a lot of her music too. Well, especially on this album like, yeah. too. Yes, especially on this album, you can just close your eyes and you can just disappear. You can mm-hmm. just you can be gone until the album ends. You know. Yeah, I love that. Like it sounds like we're like high or something, like listening to fish, <laughs> listening to some fish or something. But you know, it's it's similar. You know, it it's very similar. Field. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, natural highs like all over the place. Oh, speaking of natural highs, there's kiss I was going to say that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yeah, so kiss and cry, that's a vibe too. Oh man, yes. <laughs> hey, there we go. Perfect segue. Mm-hmm. Any any um any other remaining tracks on Heart Station? I mean, like I said, they all they all hit me. There's so times. much. Like, I, mean, I mean, I mean, there's obviously one Heart Station. It's called Heart Station. You that's know, another that's one of those other, things yeah. where you can just kind of hit play and like disappear into. It's so mm-hmm. synth heavy. It's just like gone. You're done. Yeah. <laughs> um, also celebrate. It's a little fun at times. Okay, <laughs> celebrate was the track. I remember that coming out, and people are like, "Is and and this is a conversation that's come that had come up before, but like people listen to celebrate, which is basically just like. I'm going to sneak away and have myself a secret wedding with maybe a girl. And it was like, people were like, is she gay? <laughs> Which again, this is not the first conversation that had come up about this. Because no. lots of her lyrics are very, um, I don't want to say, like, they don't point in directions. They are very vague. They're very like... Up for your interpretation? Up for yeah, interpretation. Or just, or just mm-hmm. sometimes even a little provocative towards, mm-hmm. you know things like that and not even just like in a sexual way like an orientation way but Mm -hmm. in like there's a song there's a song from ultra blue which is actually the title the title track blue okay yes blue is a song that is another one of those it's i think that's probably the the track from ultra blue that i would like if i had to if if this if the ship was going down and i had to save a child it's blue I'm taking blue. ultra blue. I'm taking okay. this. Um, because, like, one, this, the music to it is just something I had never heard before. It was so emotional and raw. And then I looked at the lyrics. That was just <laughs> listening to the song and her, like, honesty with her voice and stuff. I was like, whoa, like, this is deep. And I don't even know what it's about yet. But then I went and looked at it. And it was, mm. you know, the song talks about being in a place that like you should know like this i i was raised here but i just don't recognize it anymore you know she talks about how you know she's a girl but the color blue just seems mm. more natural to her you know and and this is something that she's talked about a lot like in speaking yeah, japanese just... she uses a very masculine form of japanese cuz mm. that's i mean that's just how she's always, she had always talked when using ja- the japanese language she doesn't use the feminine versions of things or the um oh man like she's she's there more for like the dominant type of of language um 
and so she 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 just felt she felt more comfortable being that kind of person and not the subservient feminine type like mm-hmm. that did not feel comfortable to her um which actually which makes a lot of sense you know just a couple years ago she yes. was on she was doing an instagram live or something and she came out as non-binary mm-hmm. and you know and i am sure if anybody is listening that the whole for an hour i've been like they've been like she he keeps saying she he keeps saying she mm-hmm. utada is comfortable with she they pronouns yes if you didn't know that go look at her instagram like the pronoun thing doesn't bother her very much it's more about how she feels about herself yes, and not what she saying. wants mm-hmm. to be seen as like Mm-hmm. Um, it's very subtle. But when she said that, I was just like, yeah, because she's had so many songs where she has talked about how she fe- as a person, she feels very vague. She doesn't mm-hmm. feel like she's supposed to be doing this and she doesn't feel like it. She doesn't feel comfortable with those things. So that was not shocking at all. In yeah. Blue, the song Blue, I think, is like the case study in that situation. Mm. where she has a lot she had a lot of negative thoughts about herself because like society wanted her to be like this but she didn't feel that way she wanted to do the opposite or she just didn't know what she wanted at all Mm -hmm. when it came to those things so i blue hits me as just as such an emotionally raw song but it's not like a slow song you know it's Mm -hmm. it's pretty up tempo it's pretty up there no, that definitely, I don't, I didn't know all that about that song. So it definitely gives me a really new perspective on that. Cause you were talking about like, you would only pick one from Ultra Brew. And I'm like, that's a problem. I can't say I'm only going to save one song from like any of that, her albums. Cause I was like, no, I was like, there's another song, me. another song. Yeah. yeah. I, now I have to think not hard about it. Otherwise <laughs> I'm like pulling, like, come here, be my last. Come here. Uh, come here. I passion. like keep like, trying. Uh, yeah. This oh, keep is love. trying. Oh, yeah. my God. Oh, my gosh. Uh, okay. So keep trying. And this is love actually are two of my favorite songs to sing by her. Mm-hmm. Although like by the end of keep trying, like my voice is dead. There is like no breaks in that song. And she's like, she's up there oh, yeah. quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But this is love is like powerful. It's like belting. It's good. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, those are. No, Ultra Blue stuff. always will always have that place yes. in my heart because it was my first like mm, mm-hmm. physical album that i had yeah that's one of my first early ones too it is a very special mm-hmm. album i understand now yeah. in deep i know a lot of people feel the same way about deep river like they came about like right when deep river came out and i mm. deep river is such a it's like it's such a crazy album because there are so many like huge utada songs on that album you know you have traveling you have sakura drops you have mm. final distance. Yes. Deep Deep River itself was not a single, but it got a it got a um it got a music video, and that song is also very like sad. Makes like inwardly reflecting. Have you ever heard Deep mm. River before? I think it's been a very very long time. Oh man! After we get done here, go listen to Deep. Like just watch the video okay. at the same time as Deep River. Yeah. Pull up the lyrics though. It's very like self searching. Like, oh man, I trying to remember some of the some of the lyrics from that song because they're so they're so powerful. One of my favorite parts of it is like, um, like everybody finds their way to the sea, but mm. and like that's how like that verse ends. Like the sort of individuality is bequeathed to everybody, you know, and something about like using that sword not to like to like to protect and not to destroy. There's like mm. a whole thing in that song. That just, it, it's a vibe. I love it. Like the guitar. Oh my gosh. Like the guitar that goes throughout the entire song is just like perfect. Ugh. 
Okay, I'm looking forward to okay. listening to this. We'll have to do it together. We gotta do yes. it together. Okay, so the episode's oh. done. Bye. Yeah, Just bye. No. We, got, we have stuff to do now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so in a lot of those albums, that's like her older stuff now. Like that's crazy to think about, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But I also remember I'm looking at it now, I guess it was so I don't actually own any of her music like on like any like physical things. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have any CDs or anything like that. I've only ever just like purchased them, yeah, digitally. So I've yeah. always had them on my like well, iPods I mean, and stuff and everything. That's yeah. like the normal person way of doing things. <laughs> like well... you remember way back when um her music was not on iTunes? Yes. Like, or like which... not hers, but just like if it was outside of America, like you couldn't just go buy it because every iTunes store was like separate in its own country. Yeah. So I had a very weird memory about this, about mm-hmm. um, obtaining her music. So I tried looking it up, but I know it was real. There was a time, I think, when Coca-Cola, like you would like collect the caps and you would get like free downloads mm-hmm. to music. I think it was Coca-Cola. Well, they had like a lot of her music on there. And so Interesting. I think I drank a lot of soda during that time and I got a <laughs> lot of her music that way. <laughs> I mean, I know like during the time of the like right before the hiatus, like with the second mm-hmm. single collection, she did a thing with Pepsi, but I don't recall like that was, you know, I don't know. I mean, this this if this was a thing, this is new information. But, like, I also was paying zero attention to things yeah. like that, too. So, yeah. maybe. No, I, I'm i pretty sure it was, because I think it was this whole thing, when I'm, I thought it was Coca-Cola, where they had, like, their own, like, music, like, thing where you could, like, yeah, you just got to, like, each cap was a single download for a song. So, if I wanted a whole album, I had to get a lot of Coca-Cola. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's crazy. Which I do like Coke, but I know that's a whole thing. Yeah. I know people have opinions about that, but you know, it's just. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's, I remember that just being this very distinct memory. And I think it was actually, I think that's how I listened to Heart Station. I'm pretty sure. Really? Yes. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, now, now you can just kind of go get it wherever you want to. Yeah. It's all, it's I mean, on... I have all the music. Yeah. yeah. It's just, yeah, but. Yeah, which is also just something interesting, which I think is also reflected, too, when we talked about anime, too, about how things are a lot more accessible now than they used to be. And some things are crazily so, like, whoa. Yeah. And, like, we were just, like, hoping for anything, or you have to get it imported, or waiting for it, or just, yeah, but no. And that was great now, so it's easy. (laughs) Yes. Like, oh my god, like, one CD, if you want to, like, import one CD, you you didn't go to Amazon, because that wasn't a thing. Not really. Yeah. You had to find a specific website. And then like the album, like the CD, you go to Walmart, you buy a CD for like 12 bucks, right? Mm-hmm. That's the CD would be like $35. And then like to ship it across the world, you are probably like doubling the price at least. Yeah. It was bonkers. Now, luckily today, even even importing those kinds of things, it's a lot easier now. If you yeah. must have them physically, that that process is much easier. Yeah. Well, which I do, I do have the Kingdom Hearts 1 soundtrack. So I did have that one. And I specifically wanted it because of, I mean, all the music, but especially because mm-hmm. of Simple and Clean being on there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, that is, that is an import. And I don't even, I don't think I could fully comprehend how much money it costs to get that thing. But Ooh. it was just the excitement of just <laughs> having the music available. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been like very slowly getting 
the reprinted vinyls of her albums. Because, mm-hmm. like, I think it was, like, when Hatsukoi came out. I think that's mm-hmm. when it happened. They did, like, reprints of all seven at the time of her Japanese albums. And you could go buy them, like, all at once. And they weren't, like... Uh, I don't think they were priced terribly. I mean, they were probably like 30 bucks a piece, maybe something like that. Um, But like right now, I only have like two of like Heart Station and Bad Mode. Mm-hmm. But I plan on acquiring them all just slowly. I'm not in a hurry. It's fine. Yeah. So someday. That's a nice collection to have for sure. And it's it's one of those things where it's like it's special to me. And mm-hmm. that's all that matters. It's mine. Yeah. It's mine. Although like it's so great because... You get to share, you get to share Utada with your wife and I absolutely get to share Utada with my husband. So it's, and and now we, and we have each other. Yes. So like our little pool of people has like quadrupled. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) So we have that and you know, and the internet exists and there's lots of people way out Mm -hmm. there who have enjoyed her music for either just a year or 20, 25 (laughs) decades yeah you know this this year marks her 25th anniversary and Mm -hmm. on the 19th i think it is the 19th is her 41st birthday too which is crazy to me like yeah picturing her picturing her at 41 years old it's like i mean you look the exact same as when you were like 20 (laughs) so that's cool Mm mm-hmm but yeah, because of these also milestone celebrations, we just couldn't resist. I think that's a real reason why we were like, we have oh, yeah. to do this episode. Finally. Oh, yeah. We're wanting to. Yeah. And folks, if you're still here with us after an hour of chatting about this, um, we love you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so thank you for hanging in there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, we could probably wrap it up soon, but I'm trying to think like, you know, I'm sure like clearly, you know. We have so much love for her and everything and her music. There's so much that clearly, you know, we're going to miss talking about. There's so many things. Oh, but yeah. Are there any other albums or any other particular songs that really hit you oh, or man. really um, resonate? I'm like, like looking at Phantom real quick. Phantom is mm-hmm. an album I can hit play on and just let it repeat. There's so many like fun songs. There's some sad songs. Oh, like on on Phantom specific, like I talked about Michi, which is the first track of the of the album. Um, Michi is like the song that she wrote, where she's telling viewer, like telling her fans, she's going to be okay. She has this great sadness still, but she she recognizes the importance of life and moving on. She'll get there. She's she's going to be okay. And then you have the whole rest of the album to like explore those feelings of life and death with her. Like skip, you go to number three. Hanataba wo Kimini. That's the song she wrote where she's saying goodbye to her mom. Mm. And that one hurts. That one hurts yeah. a lot. Like, especially if you're watching the music video. The music video is it's not anything terribly major. It's just kind of her in a bedroom, sitting on the bed, on the corner of the bed, laying on the floor. It's all done in black and white. Where she's just singing the song saying goodbye to her mother and at the end as the music is crescendoing and we're kind of getting to the ex the exit of the music in the in the in the video you see her crying you see her finally Mm -hmm. just break down and cry and i don't i can it's just it's so easy to like imagine that this was not a staged cry this was not a you know yeah you know because the way her face breaks in that moment where she's and she starts to cry and like she turns her head away it really feels very honest very real and i can't watch that without crying with no specific yeah. emotion in mind 
just seeing her cry like that, it just broke me too. It was rough. But like on that album of such sad stuff, you have like like uh track four, she does a she has a duet with Sheena Ringo, um, a two two hour vacation. That's a fun one. Being able to escape the monotony and the busyness of real life, even if it's just for a two hour vacation with somebody that you mm. love, like that's a fun one. Tomodachi is fun. People again were like, is she gay? <laughs> because it's like i'm in love with my friend but like i don't think i can be friends with them if they will not accept my feelings but also Mm. like (laughs) 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 that's a fun one i love that one so much and then sakura nagashi is on there too from the third evangelion movie and it's the ending of the album too so it's like oh you've had you've like roller coaster of emotions you're taking this journey with her. Sucker punch. Sucker punch in the stomach. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> like, what a way to leave out. Like, rude. <laughs> but, um, like, Hatsukoi is great. There's so many things I could sing forever on that. But, like, to jump straight to bad mode. I mean, I don't know anything on here that's not, like, a bop. <laughs> you know? Although, mm-hmm. like, Find Love, the English version. Like, I listen to that thing all the time. I love it so much. It's such, it's, she wrote, she wrote that first and then she went back and wrote the Japanese version, but it's, it's such, it's such a new Tata song and it's, it's just a song about like loving yourself and not, you know, Mm. it's, it's one of those songs, but it's good. It's such a good one. How about you? Is there anything left that we haven't, you just want to jump on real fast? Yeah. I'm trying to think, I think one of the only other things that we probably haven't mentioned which I guess it's, I was double checking because I was like, I don't remember if this song actually came out like a different album, but it looks like it was part of the, her uh, single collection volume two. There's oh. like a couple of those songs. Okay. And one of them is Show Me Love, Not oh, a Dream. Yeah. Show Me Love. That's a, oh my gosh. That's a thing. Yeah. Yes. It's, I it's a rock song. So like, many times. It's heavy. <laughs> yeah. It's, and also just heavy with feelings and everything with that, like, yeah. Wow. Because I think it was, I remember, I recall like it was inspired by her feelings about her deciding to go on hiatus mm-hmm. which i mean that song that song's a ride too it might be a rock song too in a way but like it, it's, it's yeah. it has lots of like like heavy guitar it's very like aggressive for for like mm-hmm. a hikaru song it's very like yeah it's, she doesn't touch rock very much but when she does it's like it's there for a reason it's mm-hmm. just there to like expand upon those emotions that she's having well, and then, of course, because it's like the single collection. So then you mm-hmm. have the other song, which I think with the song right after that is, of course, Goodbye Happiness. So it just hits you again. <laughs> that song, man, I can't. I love it. I love that song so much. And there's a lot. There's just so much in that mm-hmm. song that she tried to get in there before she left for six years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, I'm happy for her, but it was still such a devastating time, I feel like, in both of our lives to be like, no no more we were right there with her right like yeah (laughs) we were right there with her (laughs) yes uh and we were we we were so close at the same time like we were at the same school we just didn't yes (laughs) we didn't know know. we We didn't know each other (laughs) i know i i keep rethinking about that i'm like i guarantee we probably passed each other multiple times we had to i'm sure we did well because you also worked at the theater I went to the movie theater a lot. I went by myself, so I'm just mm-hmm. like, there's no way. Like, <laughs> absolutely. There's there. Uh, you had to have been around me so much yeah. without me noticing, no. <laughs> realizing. Yeah. I guess that's the better word. I know. So that's just wild. But now, but we're now, here. 
right now. Yep. Now we're good. All is well. (laughs) Talking about Itata after three years on the podcast. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) We we might have to like quickly revisit um, when she releases the greatest hits and stuff like that. We might have to Mm, just do a quick revisit. Yes. Oh, because there's, you know, like to kind of try to wrap it all up. There are so many reasons that we have been so attached to her for such a long time. And, you know, it's not, you know, we, when you when you talk about these pop artist situations, there's a lot of people because people can be like, you're so obsessed with that artist. You're so like, like, you don't even know her, you know, things like that. For sure. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of artists that I won't mention that have fans <laughs> that are like that. But in, yeah, in, I've spent a lot of time um, talking to myself about these things, too. And it's not it's it's the music 110 percent. You know, it's it's who she is in the music, the music that she writes and puts out there to the world that says so much without like meaning to you know Mm -hmm. yeah well and i think kind of a side note like i think it's and it's okay i think for people to be attached to the person because like the person that's sharing the music like they're like putting their heart and soul into the music and And she's somebody who really relating to it yeah yeah Mm -hmm. you know she's just not writing she's not like in it for the paycheck Mm -hmm. like i think i read somewhere once like she could retire she could have retired when she went on hiatus and like been fine the rest of her life i'll believe it but she she loves the music she loves the act of writing like she writes she writes and produces her own music first off but she writes and produces for other artists too in fact like the last like few years she's been like very like mentor-y to lots Mm -hmm. of up-and-coming artists writing music for them teaching them how to do the same things um and that's crazy like she's for somebody who already has a legacy she's Mm -hmm. creating a new legacy for herself and like on this on bad mode one of the non-single songs she Mm -hmm. she let her son sing with her Mm -hmm. like adorable yeah just like her parents used to do and he's a he's a lot younger than like Mm -hmm. she was when she did that like that's crazy although she's she's very protective of him too she does not, you know, like there are like zero pictures of him. Mm-hmm. She does not. I mean, they live in London first off, so they don't have to worry about that so much. But yeah. like she tells stories about her son on Instagram and stuff like that. And it's just like the cutest thing in the world. Yes. yes. The cutest thing. Like they got to come back to Japan during the premiere or not the premiere, but like when the final Evangelion movie came out, that mm-hmm. was that was pretty like height of the pandemic in Japan. Well, like the whole world, but she was able to get them back to Japan on a on a plane so that she could take him to go watch the movie because it wasn't playing anywhere else yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was he like he loved Evangelion. He had I guess he has like a big like a poster of Ray, one of the characters mm-hmm. like up in his room. Um. So she took him to go watch it. And she was like, that was an experience that like all like could not be duplicated getting to watch the end of this franchise and then, like, they hit the... Because I, I don't remember if he knew she had a song in it. Like, I don't recall if was that was something that been, like, something. talked about. But he realized, yeah. like, oh, my God, this is... <laughs> this is this is my mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, what a good memory to share with him. For real. Mm-hmm. No, any, any last thoughts? I mean, I think I'm sure I always have thoughts. Uh, there's I think yeah, there's plenty of a... thoughts left. <laughs> yeah. But... That was almost a good spot to end on, though. Uh, a little bit of a yeah. little sweet note. Yeah. So, listeners, it, I hope that I hope that you're still here. <laughs> first off, but I hope that we've inspired you. Maybe not to like go out and listen to Hikaru Utada um, on your own. And I'm sure we'll be we'll be posting stuff of hers all over our social media. 
so you'll get the chance to listen and see and watch mm-hmm. to whatever whatever extent but i hope that i hope that you have artists that you are attached to it that speak to you personally in my music classes that's something that i push a lot like have artists have people that you feel close to have music that is yours mm-hmm. have music you share with people too but have music that's that's just yours i feel like that just to like the development of a person i feel like that's really really important because that's it's something that you can't get from anywhere else i feel mm-hmm. so listeners let us know if there's any other artists that you feel similarly to um or if you go out and you decide to listen to some some utada let us know what you thought let us know yes. what you found um we're there to share those things with you and mm-hmm. um so and you can you can find us all over the place facebook twitter instagram youtube mm-hmm. all over the place so go give us a, a like and a follow let us know how you're doing so to, and then to depart from that, uh, here in a couple months, in March, we will be celebrating our 100th episode anniversary, which yes. is bonkers. So we're, we have some things planned, but if there's something you all would like to see from us, let us know. Yes. If you have any questions for us, yeah. for like a Q&A or anything. Yeah. We, I think we'd both love to do a Q&A. Um, yes. We like, we, we tried that. It's been a bit. I think that was, was that our yeah. like first year anniversary? Yes, it was. But that mm-hmm. was a long time ago. So, um... Mm-hmm. There's been a lot happen since then. Yep, so, so send us all your questions. All your questions. All your all your suggestions for what you want <laughs> us to do. Yeah. Or if you hate it, if you hated it, let us know that too. I mean, you can tell we'll, us we'll whatever you feedback. want. Yeah. We take feedback. <laughs> we're we're good. Yes. We're good about that. So anyway, folks, thank you for listening. This has been a it's been a good sized episode, but we hope that you enjoyed it, and we will catch you soon. See ya.